of Human Bondage by William Somerset Maugham, Chapter 22, Segment 1. Philip's uncle had an old friend called Miss Wilkinson, who lived in Berlin. She was the daughter of a clergyman, and it was with her father, the rector of a village in Lincolnshire, that Mr. Carey had spent his last curacy. On his death, forced to earn her living, she had taken various situations as a governess in France and Germany. She had kept up a correspondence with Mrs. Carey, and two or three times had spent her holidays at Blackstable Vicarage, paying, as was usual with the Careys' unfrequent guests, a small sum for her keep. When it became clear that it was less trouble to yield to Philip's wishes than to resist them, Mrs. Carey wrote to ask her for advice. Miss Wilkinson recommended Heidelberg as an excellent place to learn German, and the house of Frau Professor Erlin as a comfortable home. Philip might live there for 30 marks a week, and the professor himself, a teacher at the local high school, would instruct him. Philip arrived in Heidelberg one morning in May. His things were put on a barrow, and he followed the porter out of the station. The sky was bright and blue, and the trees in the avenue through which they passed were thick with leaves. There was something in the air fresh to Philip, and mingled with the timidity he felt in entering on a new life among strangers was a great exhilaration. He was a little disconsolate that no one had come to meet him, and felt very shy when the porter left him at the front door of a big white house. An untidy lad let him in and took him into a drawing room. It was filled with a large suite covered in green velvet, and in the middle was a round table. On this, in water, stood a bouquet of flowers, tightly packed together in paper frill like the bone of a mutton chop, and carefully spaced round it were books and leather bindings. There was a musty smell. Presently, with an odor of cooking, the Frau Professor came in, a short, very stout woman with tightly dressed hair and a red face. She had little eyes sparkling like beads and an effusive manner. She took both Philip's hands and asked him about Miss Wilkinson, who had twice spent a few weeks with her. She spoke in German and in broken English. Philip could not make her understand that he did not know Miss Wilkinson. Then her two daughters appeared. They seemed hardly young to Philip, but perhaps they were not more than twenty-five. The elder, Thecla, was short as her mother, with the same rather shifty air, but with a pretty face and abundant dark hair. Anna, her younger sister, was tall and plain, but since she had a pleasant smile, Philip immediately preferred her. End of segment one. Chapter 22, Segment 2 After a few minutes of polite conversation, the Frau Professor took Philip to his room and left him. It was in a turret, looking over the tops of the trees in the Unlodge, and the bed was in an alcove so that, when you sat at the desk, it had not the look of a bedroom at all. Philip unpacked his things and set out all his books. He was his own master at last. A bell summoned him to dinner at one o'clock, and he found the Frau Professor's guests assembled in the drawing-room. He was introduced to her husband, a tall man of middle age with a large fair head, turning now to grey, 
and mild blue eyes. He spoke to Philip in correct, rather archaic English, having learned it from a study of the English classics, not from conversation, and it was odd to hear him use words colloquially which Philip had only met in the plays of Shakespeare. Frau Professor Erlin called her establishment a family and not a pension. But it would have required the subtlety of a metaphysician to find out exactly where the difference lay. When they sat down to dinner in a long, dark apartment that led out of the drawing room, Philip, feeling very shy, saw that there were sixteen people. The Frau Professor sat at one end and carved. The service was conducted, with a great chattering of plates, by the same clumsy lout who had opened the door for him, and though he was quick, it happened that the first persons to be served had finished before the last had received their appointed portions. The Frau Professor insisted that nothing but German should be spoken, so that Philip, even if his bashfulness had permitted him to be talkative, was forced to hold his tongue. He looked at the people among whom he was to live. End of segment two. Chapter 22, Segment 3 By the Frau Professor sat several old ladies, but Philip did not give them much of his attention. There were two young girls, both fair and one of them very pretty, whom Philip heard addressed as Fräulein Hedwig and Fräulein Cassilli. Fräulein Cassilli had a long ponytail hanging down her back. They sat side by side and chattered to one another with smothered laughter. Now and then they glanced at Philip, and one of them said something in an undertone. They both giggled, and Philip blushed awkwardly, feeling that they were making fun of him. Near them sat a Chinaman, with a yellow face and an expansive smile, who was studying Western conditions at the university. He spoke so quickly, with a queer accent, that the girls could not always understand him, and then they burst out laughing. He laughed, too, good-humouredly, and his almond eyes almost closed as he did so. There were two or three American men, in black coats, rather yellow and dry of skin. They were theological students. Philip heard the twang of their New England accent through their bad German, and he glanced at them with suspicion, for he had been taught to look upon Americans as wild and desperate barbarians. Afterwards, when they had sat for a while on the stiff green velvet chairs of the drawing-room, Fräulein Anna asked Philip if he would like to go for a walk with them. Philip accepted the invitation. They were quite a party. There were the two daughters of the Frau Professor, the two other girls, one of the American students, and Philip. Philip walked by the side of Anna and Fräulein Hedwig. He was a little fluttered. He had never known any girls. At Blackstable there were only the farmer's daughters and the girls of the local tradesmen. He knew them by name and by sight, but he was timid, and he thought they laughed at his deformity. He accepted willingly the difference which the vicar and Mrs. Carey put between their own exalted rank and that of the farmers. The doctor had two daughters, but they were both much older than Philip, and had been married to successive assistants while Philip was still a small boy. End of segment three. Chapter 22, Segment 4 
At school, there had been two or three girls of more boldness than modesty, whom some of the boys knew, and desperate stories, due in all probability to their masculine imagination, were told of intrigues with them. But Philip had always concealed under a lofty contempt the terror with which they filled him. His imagination and the books he had read had inspired in him a desire for the Byronic attitude, and he was torn between a morbid self-consciousness and a conviction that he owed it to himself to be gallant. He felt now that he should be bright and amusing, but his brain seemed empty, and he could not, for the life of him, think of anything to say. Fräulein Anna, the Frau Professor's daughter, addressed herself to him frequently from a sense of duty. But the other said little. She looked at him now and then with sparkling eyes, and sometimes, to his confusion, laughed outright. Philip felt that she thought him perfectly ridiculous. They walked along the side of a hill among pine trees, and their pleasant odor caused Philip a keen delight. The day was warm and cloudless. At last, they came to an eminence from which they saw the valley of the Rhine spread out before them under the sun. It was a vast stretch of country, sparkling with golden light, with cities in the distance, and through it meandered the silver ribbon of the river. Wide spaces are rare in the corner of Kent, which Philip knew. The sea offers the only broad horizon, and the immense distance he saw now gave him a peculiar and indescribable thrill. He felt suddenly elated, though he did not know it. It was the first time that he had experienced, quite undiluted with foreign emotions, the sense of beauty. They sat on a bench, the three of them, for the others had gone on, and while the girls talked in rapid German, Philip, indifferent to their proximity, feasted his eyes. By Jove, I am happy, he said to himself unconsciously. End of segment four.